During the holidays, I saw a comment reacting to a Variety article entitled Christmas Box Office Hinges on Aquaman 2. Movie Theaters Are Worried. The super thoughtful comment read, Get woke, go broke. Movie theaters need to be shut down for all the crap they screen. Another read, Maybe focus on movies instead of pushing political agendas. And after seeing these a few times, I'm left shaking my head. I don't get it. Hear me out. I like leaving my home to experience movies. I love walking through the doors of a darkened theater to take my seat alongside the others who are there to enjoy the show. The whole process is sort of a big deal for people within the film community. Seriously, this is not just Tom Cruise. Clearly, these commenters don't give a hot darn if theaters stay open or not. And so I immaturely replied with get bent and I went to bed. That was going to be the end of it. But then I woke up and it was still bugging me. In the world of movies, the phrase get woke, go broke doesn't make any sense to me. I know there are a lot of people pushing a narrative for clickbait, which I guess I am too now. And I understand that there's a business to be made ranting about wokeness in whatever way you've taken that phrase to mean. But I still don't understand. When were movies not woke? Welcome to Another Lens. My name's Jay Kennedy, and I like movies. On this show, I'd like to explore what's happening today in the world of film, dive into Hollywood's short history, and share with you my thoughts about what's rattling around in my head when it comes to movies. So if you'll join me, grab a hot cup, get comfy, and let's take a look from Another Lens. Let's break down the science here. The definition of woke, according to the Oxford Dictionary, is alert to racial or social discrimination and injustice. In essence, woke is about treating people equally and understanding that the world does need to change in order to accommodate that. Look, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. But these political themes are kind of the guiding focus of Hollywood filmmaking. Any piece of art is political in nature. There is a message whether or not you can discern it during your viewing. And sometimes that drives me crazy too. I just realized that the moment the hobbits are back in the Shire having a drink at that pub, that would have been how Tolkien felt after the Great War and not being able to talk about it because it wasn't socially acceptable. And so the hobbits sit quietly with their friends they went to war with, raising their glasses in a solemn acknowledgement of their collective trauma. Yeah, 
Now the end of The Lord of the Rings has even more layers. If you're missing the message, perhaps that relates to your age or how many films you've taken in over the course of your lifetime. And to be clear, it's not bad to enjoy a popcorn chewer without taking home a piece of the message. But just because you had a fun time at the horror slasher and missed that Jason Voorhees is literally chopping up the people who aren't adhering to super rigid societal values, it doesn't mean that the message isn't still there. The narrative from some voices are that anything with a person of color in a leading role or anything with a woman in a leading role, hell, anything with a left-leaning political idea, is woke. So if that's the case, here are some other films that happen to be woke. Avatar. The film comes right out and says, climate change is real and people are at the root of it. Avengers Endgame. There's a scene celebrating all of the diverse people, men and women, of the MCU who are more powerful against a common foe than when Captain America stands alone by himself and Captain America embraces these people. Sidebar, for those saying the montage moments in this battle are pandering, they're ripped directly out of the pages of these comic books, man. You should see some of the massive double-page panel art that showcases all the people of color or all of the women together. It's a constant in the comics, and the on-screen adaptations are just reflecting the source material. Avatar The Way of Water Our oceans are dying because of human greed and climate change. Titanic, the caste system stands against equality and it's wrong and hurts oppressed people. Star Wars The Force Awakens, an oppressive universal force radicalizes a man influencing him to murder billions of people and a small band of diverse rebels try to stand in the authoritative power's way. These five films also happen to be the top grossing films of all time, racking in a collective $12 billion. And with the exception of Titanic, they're all a part of a larger franchise that makes even more money. But Jay, these movies, they're like fairly recent. Okay, I'll bite. So the highest grossing film of the 1980s was actually about a little boy and a new friend. The movie was E.T. the Extraterrestrial. E.T. is a film about friendship and togetherness, but it certainly doesn't shy away from sharing political ideas about government authority and overreach. The film depicts the faceless government agents with increasing menace and the darkest points in the film are when the federal scientists capture the alien. Spielberg's E.T. wrangled $435 million. But let's go even further back to the swell days of the 1960s. The biggest moneymaker that decade was easily The Sound of Music, earning a whopping $139 million. It's set against the backdrop of the rise of the Nazi regime in Austria. Captain Trapp is anti-Nazi 
and so they must flee due to their refusal to embrace this new ideology. So while The Sound of Music is actually a film with nostalgic songs and an amazing romance, its actual theme is about resistance and defiance. In fact, Maria is constantly resisting what she sees as injustice and tries to find a different way to make a difference. That's because Maria's woke as all get out, guys. Okay, maybe I'm just crazy. Surely if we go even further back, we'll find that these political ideas aren't in the most popular money-making art that we so enjoy. After all, so many movies about war were made after the Allies won in 45. So let's go all the way back to the beginning of film's history. In 1915, The Birth of a Nation was released. It was the highest grossing feature film of the 1910s and made $16 million. Brought to the screen before the advent of sound, this silent film was directed by D.W. Griffith, and it was based on the novel The Klansman by Thomas Dixon Jr. The film romanticizes the antebellum South and seeks to idealize the Confederacy and downplay the role of slavery in the American Civil War. The movie glorifies the rise of the Ku Klux Klan and depicts a world full of dangerous black people who should be lynched. It's a tremendously difficult film to watch today, but even when looking at it through the lens of the 1910s, you can see that the filmmakers are afraid of social change and looking for someone to blame for their worries. And in this case, it's a man wearing blackface while the hooded Calvary swoop in as heroes to murder him. I'm grossed out to imagine how the top grossing film of the decade must have contributed to racist ideologies. But today, it's a snapshot of the racism of America over 100 years ago and opens a discussion about what has changed and how far we still have to go. I'll reiterate this one more time. This was the highest grossing film of the entire decade. People chose to spend their money time and again on this film. In fact, every single highest grossing picture from every decade has a political agenda. The Big Parade from the 1920s was an anti-war film. Gone with the Wind in the 30s is about gender roles and also is highly criticized for its depictions of slavery. Bambi in the 40s is about man's impact on nature and the film really helped promote conservation at one point in history. The Ten Commandments in the 50s is about tyranny and oppression with our main character invoking God to let his people go, release them from slavery. Star Wars in the 70s is about rebel fighters pushing back against an oppressive regime. And we already talked about Titanic, Avatar, and Avengers Endgame in their respective decades. So why don't we take a peek at last year's top three movies of the year, since that's where a lot of the woke targeting has been focused. The third highest grossing film of the year is Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer, with $952 million at the box office. Oppenheimer is a biopic about a man pushing back against McCarthyism. Just a very divisive and political time in history. 
Robert Oppenheimer was also an inventor, creating an incredibly scary thing with the power of science and immediately regretting that they used the thing he created. He spends the rest of his life trying to safeguard the thing he kind of wishes he could undo. In 2023, that invention mirrored the fear of artificial intelligence and the dangers that it poses on the world. There are already similes to the invention of OpenAI with ChatGPT creator Sam Altman asking for regulation. But ultimately, Oppenheimer is a movie about believing in science and it's shot and delivered in a way that makes science cool. Last year, a film that disregards alternative facts may actually be considered woke, but it made a ton of money. The second highest grossing movie is the Super Mario Brothers movie with $1.3 billion. This animated family movie is mainly about nostalgia, working in Nintendo references for parents of kids coming to see the show. Nintendo being a massive corporation looking to get into the movie game in order to make more money off your nostalgia for them, quote unquote, better days. But it's also about an outsider who is immediately accepted by a people not his own while looking for his brother. Turns out that Bowser has invaded sovereign nations, taken many hostages, including Mario's brother, all in a swing vote to get married to a lady who has not given him her consent. The Super Mario Brothers movie is weird. But ultimately, it's about an oppressive power that is pushed back by the remaining worlds. These very diverse worlds work together and put away their differences, which is essentially equality. It made a butt ton of money. And then finally, the most quote-unquote woke film of the year, Barbie. Barbie is the biggest grossing film that Warner Brothers has ever released, period, with a capital P. It made $1.4 billion worldwide, and to say that this film has themes that challenge our society is an understatement. But the big three here are progressive feminism, oppressive patriarchy, and capitalism. These are the big themes explored in Barbie, and it's a really good time. This is the one that some angry people in the film community won't even see, which always makes my eyes roll into the back of my head. If you're interested in following what's happening in the film industry, how do you avoid the flick that's taking home all of the money? Even if you don't like the film, you can't say that's not super interesting. So where's the go broke of all these commenters arguments? Well, they're often attached to videos and essays complaining about Disney. Last October, Disney shares were valued at 53% below their pre-pandemic levels. So, yes, there is cause for concern. The MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe, and Star Wars aren't punching at the weight level they used to. Their animated projects are no longer finding traction, and some are pointing to the woke agenda being the true culprit. South Park's over-the-top Scream from the Rafters Panderverse special has coined the term for Disney's executive strategy as put a lame chick in it and make her gay, which is totally on brand for South Park. And yeah, the Kathleen Kennedy Cartman character is subjectively funny, but also, this is not actually the problem with what's happening at Disney. 
Something that should be considered in the discussion is these already insanely high blockbuster budgets yielding smaller returns. If every movie that you release needs to make over a billion dollars in order to be considered a success, your strategy is lunacy, sir. You're gonna lose. And that's to say nothing of inflation in today's economy, limiting the entertainment budgets in a lot of households. But I will admit that there's no denying the reduced quality to some of their latest releases. The 2023 release of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, ended its theatrical run with $476 million and is considered a flop. There's nothing particularly different about this premise than other films that I've mentioned above, but it just didn't hit with audiences. And with that said, it's still the 10th highest grossing film of the year, and Marvel Studios' Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is number 4. So we're not necessarily seeing the woes for Disney just yet. The Pixar film Elemental that was released last year broke even, but we can see that it's not the quality of storytelling that we've enjoyed from the likes of Finding Nemo, WALL-E, and Inside Out. And at the end of the year, the Disney Animation Studio released Wish, a celebration of 100 years of Disney magic. The film has made $210 million on a budget of about the same amount. Critics have said the quality is just not there, and I sadly have to agree with them. I've heard others say it's because it has a princess of color in it. I don't really buy that argument. I guess we're just forgetting that Moana is a thing. A beloved new Disney story that made $687 million on a budget of $175. And it can't be just the lady thing. Because Frozen and Frozen 2 are both standing with a combined $2.7 billion. So profitable are these stories, Disney has announced that two more of the Anna and Elsa epics are in the works. The Little Mermaid, starring Halle Bailey, isn't a problem for the majority of the world going to the movies. And the problem in the film community is that these live-action remakes are oversaturated feel lazy, and usually are nowhere near as well-made as their animated originals. The concern is not that there's a really good singer going to sing part of your world, but also that she's black. That's not the discussion happening from people who watch a lot of movies. But even still, The Little Mermaid grossed $569 million, the seventh highest grossing film of 2023. That's really good. The point I'm trying to hammer home is that Zootopia is about xenophobia, and that movie made over $1 billion at the box office. Last year's Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is about fighting for your right to exist in a world that won't accept you. That's woke AF. On top of that, Gwen is also a character that is going through serious identity issues that will likely be further explored in the next installment. It's raked in $690 million. It's also one of the most embraced movies of all time. And these examples I've made all come with the argument that these are the movies making money, regardless if you liked them or not. The Shawshank Redemption is IMDb's top-rated movie of all time. And that's a film about marginalization and abuse of power within a system that values strength over compassion. That film didn't gain traction until much later, only scoring $28.8 million in theaters. But you won't find someone saying that it didn't make more money 
because it was too woke. Every film carries with it a message, even if you're not thinking about it on your drive home. So, when you're talking about movies and you say, get woke, go broke, I don't think you know what the hell you're talking about. I really appreciate you sticking through to the end. Reach out to me anytime at j.kennedy at outlook.com. New episodes are available weekly, so be sure to subscribe for the next one. I'm Jay Kennedy, and you've been listening to Another Lens. The show will be back soon with another perspective. <laughs>